Welcome inside the Legends Lounge, where baseball VIPs are hanging out and talking about their life in the game. The Lounge is open weekly, episode four already. Oh, and... Yeah. I got to tell you, I think this is something that's going to stick for a while because we have no shortage of guests. Do you know what our guest list looks like? Uh, just go to like baseballreference.com and see every <laughs> former player. What There's tens of thousands of, of, of former players. Access. Obviously, they got to be alive to talk to us. But um, if, if you and we'll give you drop the email later at the end of the show. But if you've got any suggestions or recommendations for people you want us to talk to the Rolodex that the MLB players alumni association has major league alumni marketing, it's, it's pretty much endless. And I'll, I'll just tell you this. I mean, I felt like at first, Oh, you know, we might be annoying. Like it's, it's a player going to a a speaking event or making an appearance. Then we're just sneaking in there. Oh, and I saying, Hey, can we grab 20, 30 minutes of your time to like kind of document your, your story and where you're at right now. And they're like, yeah i'm in i mean it's they've got a little more time too it's not like we're catching in the thick of your season and the stories are a little spicier sometimes because they don't have to worry about ticking off their teammate and not just that but they you know baseball players love telling the stories we talked we talked about it before in some of the past shows we've already done where the game is made for stories because of all the camaraderie and all the togetherness of the 162 game schedule the 30 you know, spring training games in the six weeks you're there together. So when you put it all together, you're playing and traveling and together more than any other sport. So stories abound both on and off the field. Uh, and, you know, some good, some funny, some a little, you know, touchy. But uh, these guys love to tell it. And the other thing that I think it's in- inviting for them really is the MLBPAA and the greatest alumni association. Forget about sports. Maybe in any alumni, I'll be honest, you know, I know there's some great alumni there, Harvard and, you know, some of these great schools. But what they've been able to create for the last 40 years is camaraderie continued, the CC, bro. And that gives an opportunity, especially for the older guys that didn't make the big money and weren't on social media. Scotty B, you being a Mac daddy of the of the nouveau, you know, generation. Um, I'm telling you, uh, this is a, a, a beautiful outlet for them and a wonderful opportunity for our listeners. You know who's the Mac Daddy of the new generation? Because he's Hello. sick Ooh. on the field, and he also is is slick in the way he dresses. The hair is on point. Bo Bichette. But, but yeah, on, this, on this pod, we don't, we don't talk to a Bo Bichette. I mean, we could maybe <laughs> later on, but especially actually after this, it would kind of tie the, the uh, pun intended, the bow on, on this conversation. But we're talking to his dad. His dad yeah, is buddy. a huge deal with the Colorado Rockies and one of your boys, Dante Bichette. He doesn't even need – it's one of those with the lounge. Like, we don't even need to put him on the guest list. A guy like Dante shows up. He's got the big the, the big uh, tree trunks for arms. Like, this yeah. is a presence of a human being, nice as can be. He shows up, and the bouncer just says, oh, Dante, I don't even have to check yeah, the list. You're buddy. in. Oh, and Scotty B are waiting to talk to you. And I know you guys are tight, too, so I cannot wait to open up the door right now for Dante Bichette to enter the lounge.
He is a four-time All-Star slugger with a career batting average of 299, 499 slugging, over 1,100 RBIs, 14 seasons, 95 finished second place NL MVP, led the NL in hits, homers, RBIs, a bunch of other categories. Look it up. Dante Bichette is in the lounge, and I don't know, maybe should I just disappear you get after it with Dante? This is your boy. This is my boy, man, and uh, you know what? What a career he had, and uh, and, and what uh, now, I, I guess he's kind of like a a stud horse or something because uh, you know now he's putting out <laughs> kids that that are that are perennial. I mean, p- potentially better than him, and that that's kind of scary to say because brother, you had an incredible career. Welcome to the Le- the Legends Lounge. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here, and I'm sh- not really sure Bo's my kid. I played with. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> your wife's kid, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. That did good because uh, that <laughs> hair is not me. Yeah, right, right. right. The hair that way, <laughs> short stop. <laughs> That's what he says, by the way. When I've interviewed him one time, he joked, he was like, oh, I get my athleticism from my mom. <laughs> That's one of his lines, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Filipino side, right? Yeah, big shots, Abby. But, yeah, <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for having me. Well, she should have been here, actually, what happened. But, but brother, how, how are you doing? And uh, uh, obviously, uh, you're enjoying watching your son develop and, and, uh, and, and turn into the player that he's turning into. It's yeah, yeah, that's been the best thing right now because I, you know, I can't wait to go go to the ballpark and watch a spring training game. You know, I love watching him play. My wife loves watching him play. She gets way more intense than I do. <laughs> you know, I get it. It's spring training, but uh, yes, yes. But so it's it's been it's been unbelievable. What advice do you have for dads that? I'll, I'll put it two ways: either think they know more than a former big leaguer when they're trying to coach their kids, or just how they can coach their kids the right way to become the I next. Tell you what, it, I mean, seriously, here we are coaching too much in America. Okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking really starting to become Latino, Preaching. man. They're coming from uh, places where they don't get out coached or overcoached, and uh, we're coaching too much, man. Let them kids play. Let them swing the heck out of it. Let them run and throw hard. Let them make all kind of mistakes. <laughs> but let them fall in love with the game, you know, and, and they'll be all right. But play a lot. I know for you, right, and I, I've spoken to Bo, he says tons of at-bats, dad's pitching to us. So that stuff's great. Play play yeah. a lot. Yeah, right? Right. Just don't overdo anything at a young age. Yeah, no, I mean, I would... I'm not so sure you have to actually play games. I would practice a lot. I mean, I, I, you know, I still have a pretty good arm when it's not broken. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I throw at bats to him, and I still do with the incredible balls and things, so I don't get my head taken off. But uh, yeah, I, 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 talk, I would talk him through at bats of psychology, but I wouldn't mess with the swing and the, you know, and, and it, you know, we, we would talk on just how to take it at bat, the intimate parts of taking it. Yeah, and again, we've talked a lot about the, the insightfulness of, of the young players now might be lacking a little bit. They're raw, but just that insight of the game is that natural thing that you need to develop. It's, it's, instead of just play, 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 it's seeing the game from another angle. Yeah, strikeouts are everything right now. Right? right? They're just swinging. 100, 100 miles an hour of strikeouts. That's probably a sign that we're not really sure how to finish the at-bat, right? Right. And, and, and I don't know, last time I looked, man, uh, the swing and a miss, the OPS on that is not good. No, no, no it's not. So, yeah, you're not so doing whoever told unless, unless they, it hits you and it's a strike three and you make it the first. But even then, that's not good for your OPS. Yeah. And that, that's a still a strikeout. I was going to have the same theme of father and son. The Blue Jays probably just cornered the market of legendary dads. Yeah, what is that? And I, I, dude, it, it's not only Bo Bichette. 
It's Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and his yes. father, me being a Cuban yeah. born guy, people don't realize the legend that is Lourdes Gurriel Sr. Yeah. And, and one of the Hall of Fame players of, of Cuban lore history. Uh, you got Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, who's a monster. Good. He might be okay. Yeah. Uh, Cabin, you know, he's kind of had a down year. But uh, Babidjo's kid is, is, is a heck of a player, can run like a like yeah. a firecracker. And then there's even Griffin Conine, who hasn't been up there yet. And I, I, he's still, I'm assuming he's still with the team. I don't he think they traded. He was traded. Marlins. He was traded. But the point Marlins. was they gathered all these yeah. guys. Yeah, that's why I, I dropped a joke at one point when I was on MLB Network. I was like, first thing I would do if I was GM is draft every former big leaguer to get they're good. <laughs> because they're probably going to be even better. And once they get to the bigs, I, I do notice this, and correct me if I'm wrong, they've been around it to some extent. I mean, some are with that all the time in the ballpark, or some at least, you know, had time around sure, dad sure. so that they're not shook when they're there. Is that the story to it? I, I would say the, the transition to the big league is easier for them because, you know, I mean, remember we, we transitioned to the big league team. Yeah. It was like, okay, this guy I've seen in the baseball card, uh, right. Nolan Ryan, he's the great, you know, they grew up with all that. They're not intimidated, they're not in fear. It's they understand the process that it takes to be good at exactly, it and yeah. then the off the field stuff. So they're just the transition there is a little bit simpler. And, and that's important, man, because uh, half the battle is your mind not feeling like you're in the bright lights big city. So uh, talking about bright lights big city, uh, you came up to California Angels back in the day, uh, a prospect big time. I mean, they thought highly of you, uh, and you just crushed, man. There was something about your hitting style uh, a little different. I mean, you 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 had a uh, uh, a powerful short swing. Uh, I would think of like Jim Rice back in the day, uh, and a great arm in the outfield. Talk about those early years before you know. Obviously, you went on to Colorado and and some other successes. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so you knew. I mean, I, I I felt like I kept my job because of my batting practice for a long time. <laughs> People were like, "Holy smokes, this guy really can't hit it in batting practice." You know? <laughs> and uh, he can smoke. <laughs> But, but I really could, it took me a long time to really understand this game and being around. And I feel like I didn't really truly understand it until I got to the big leagues. I was around Brian Downing, Dave Winfield, yeah. Paul Molitor, Robin Yao. And then all of a sudden, okay, I'm getting some good information. Oh, wow, okay, I get this. And was able to put it all together. Uh, so that's, Don Baylor. Don Baylor was huge. Mike Easter, when I got with Mike Easter, as a hidden coach in Milwaukee. And... Uh, you know, and those kind of guys, you know, the biggest thing, another thing big about this game today is those guys aren't hanging around the game anymore to make too much money. Right. Us, me, you, right, right, we right, don't right. coach anymore. So the, the young kids aren't getting that either, you know. Right. So it's, uh, but that's, you know, that's where it kind of got going. That's how it got going. That's a great point yes, about the coaching, especially even, I mean, at any level. But, yeah, if you were a big leaguer that had a ton of success that really could be an amazing coaching candidate, Many of them are like, no, nah, I'm good. Some are like, yeah, I'd manage, right? Because I, I want to lead it. That's on my bucket list. There's pretty good dough. Anything yeah. else, though, they're like, yeah, I made good money. I don't, I'm, I'm done with all the traveling and all of that. And that's a and you yeah, know, they're starting that. again. Or they're the like coaching leagues. their little leagues. Yeah. You know, yeah. their kids are busy with that. I mean, the big is a grind. Yeah. yeah. For the coach, for the trainer, for sure. everybody involved. Sure. I remember George, George Brent took it for a little while. I remember yeah. I think by half halfway through the season, he's like, okay, I'm out. Barry couldn't deal with the young the young generation and, and, and how they were responding or not responding it's, to the things he was saying. 
But those are the guys you learn from the, the, how to manage your mind in a big, big situation. And you've got to know how to manage your mind, not just, hey, you know, mechanics and, hey, the numbers. you got to be able to manage your mind. And those are the guys that teach you. Your facet with the, the, the Blue Jays, obviously Bo's influence is massive, but just you yourself. And you live in the area here. They're in Dunedin. I think it was a marriage made in heaven. What exactly are you... You know, where you're expected to do, is it a, 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 you know, the type of service that you provide? You know, uh, this year I didn't actually sign a contract to be a coach this year. Uh, I actually resigned when the lockout hit because I, I wasn't allowed to work with my own kids. So, you uh, know, that, yeah, that was a little... So like, come out! And listen, I mean, I'm sure nobody would have said anything. And I said, you know what, I was working with half the team this offseason. Seriously. I said, I said, I'm out, I'm working with these kids. I need to develop I, them. And the role I was was the exact role I'm talking about. I, I wasn't... I wasn't supposed to be anywhere. I was kind of where I needed to be. And I kind of had a feel for that, you know. And and the first thing with the Blue Jays, I felt like, you know, when when they first asked me to do this in 2019, if you look at the Blue Jays, they they had tremendous bats. Right. And they struck out. They were 27th in the most strikeouts, right? Well, last year they were. Oh, no, incredible. We we, we freaked out how, how, how that changed. When I say we, you know, covering the Rays uh, and broadcast. Yeah, no, it wasn't I mean, me. Now, listen, listen. <laughs> what what I, was it? I think it has to be part I of the you, I brother. I was listening, listened to because it just so happens, Vladdy and Bo stepped to the big leagues sure. at the right time, sure. and Bo was my son, and they're like, oh, "Okay, what is he doing? What is he doing?" And they were, and then it, it allowed me, and and the coaching staff was on board, and the organization was on board, so it just it kind of ignited, and everybody said, "Okay, we're in on it." Again, yeah, and when you get into the playoffs, you go back to you know the smaller ball, and then how do you really win? Even the Dodgers, their big payroll, they're playing smart ball. So it, it does, you know, I, all the same metrics aside, there, there's some points to it. Yes, but you know, instinctual baseball, two strike hitting, go to the other way. Both Bo, Bo's dangerous with two strike, like dangerous because he knows a lot of breaking pitches, and he'll take you to right. And you and I have sat together at the drop, and I remember he hit a curveball off of uh, Charlie Morton, and he's like, you know, watch this guy. And watch him. He throw him a curveball. And he hit it out the right center. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And then Vlad might be even in another spectrum of two-strike yeah. hitting. Yeah, he's, yeah, they're great. And the, you know what? They feed out. Those two have become so tight. You know, they're connected at the hip, it seems like, because they came up together the whole way. So they know each other. They love hitting behind or in front of each other. They talk to each other all the time. And it's it's really a cool relationship. It's been, been really excellent. Good. Excellent. Let me go back to your uh, early days for a second. What round were you selected? in? I think I was a seventeen. Yeah. Okay. I, that's what I, I had to trick question. I, it, a little bit only because I looked and I'm like, is that seventeen? So were you not highly touted at one point? How did that happen? No, I'm like, did, I, I did, walked on. How it. many people missed the boat? Yeah, <laughs> right. I walked on it at junior class, and I finally my scout gave me. He sent it to me one day. Years after my career, he sent me the scout report he sent in on me. What did it say? And he said, he said, he said, you know, he was a first-year scout. He said, when I got a list, I got a list of 70 players to watch. You were last on my list. <laughs> oh, my God. So he saw you last. Yes. And just snuck in there and said, let me see this kid over there at no, Indian was, River I was somewhere. ranked last. Like, <laughs> oh, ranked, yeah, ranked last yes. at seven. He said, when I was done, I put you in as one on that. Wow. Now that's of course you're a high school 
college. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Junior college. Okay. Yeah. yeah, okay, that kid's got big. So, but even his number one on his list still was only the 17th <laughs> round. He was a first year scout. Yeah, so they, so, didn't, they didn't trust that one, that, yeah. all that, and, yeah. but they were, they were wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, and it said on his thing, he actually put it, you know, at the bottom, you do a little summary, it said, Sleeping Giant. Oh, yeah, okay. it's nice to see that, like that. that, you know, afterwards. But he's, he's even scouting me out. I was like, man, I had a better arm than that, I had a better speed than that. <laughs> you missed, you missed a few great? things. You know, uh, your arm was uh, outstanding. Uh, so, again, you come up, the Angels, you get a chance to, you know, to finally, you know, really show your wares uh, in Colorado. And it just takes off. I mean, and talk about the synergy of that team compared to what's happening with the Toronto Blue Jays. You guys had a similar type of scenario with the Rockies. With the Rockies, yeah, yeah, yeah. From day one, man, it was. Uh, you know, people don't. I don't know if people remember this though, but our opening day we had eighty-two or eighty-four thousand people yeah. in Mile High Stadium. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we had a historic game. Like? We had eighty. We, we played it, and, and the first time that the Marlins and and and, and the Colorado the That's two right. it was us. That was it was eighty two thousand people because we played at Mile High. I came yeah. out and I'm like, Where, "Where's uh, where's John Elway at, uh, my boy?" <laughs> yeah. And they had to bring in stands. It was more than even the. Yeah. And I remember the only thing I remember about that day, other than the eighty two thousand, was there. It was a clear blue sky. Yeah. You could not see it. There was not anything. There was this one little prop plane. Pulling a pulling a, a, a target that said, "Hey Dante, hit this free butt for everybody." And I was like, "That's so cool!" I didn't want to take cool. a picture. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, and I was nobody yet, but that that team had some real talent. We had Galarraga, Walker hadn't got there yet. Vinny Castilla hadn't really done anything yet. It was Charlie Hayes, uh, Gerald Clark. Remember Gerald, Gerald Clark? Clark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Freddie Benavidez. You know, Freddie was a pretty good, yeah, darn good yeah, player. Yeah, I mean, no, but the, you guys can mash. You guys could flat yeah, out hit. When we got Larry Walker and we moved to Coors Field two years later in 95, that was the beginning of the Blake Street Bombers. Yep. Walker, Galarraga, me, Vinny, and then a year later, I think Ellis Burks came in. Ellis Burks came oh, in. Yeah. yeah, no, that was a dangerous team. It, it was, was a dangerous It was fun team. because, especially at home, you know, we, you know, you. You just there was never a lead that was safe. Right. It never is there. But right. but imagine that place with just absolute pack for five years straight. Five years straight sold. Yeah, so. they were so excited to have yeah, right. baseball. Was, yes. What, what was that like? The expand. So two things. One is to be part of an expansion team. So a city welcoming a new team and clearly doing it in a big way. And then also not knowing what to expect, like you said, as far as the atmosphere and figuring out. Wow, Coors Field is something else, and so is the app. And so is I got to manage my body right, and also yeah. the ball's gonna look a little different coming out of the hand. We didn't know all that. We didn't. Know, did it, right? We didn't know how exhausted we were gonna be, how much of a grind that that Dude. place is. We didn't know all that. How many autographs you were gonna sign? You know, because oh. everybody wanted a piece of this thing. It was nuts, bro. And the, and the fans weren't quite educated. They were just excited. They right. freaking scream over a pop-up, you know? That's not good. Yeah, no, that's like... Yeah, Miami, they knew, they knew baseball, right? Yeah, well, so yeah. Marlins yeah. is different. When but they Colorado, Colorado, it's like... That. Yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah, they're like... For Colorado, and they just go, whoop. <laughs> Expect it. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> That's really cool, though. But but the city was was super into it, right? And and you guys didn't know really what to expect. I mean, playing for an expansion team in Major League Baseball, there's not many people that can talk about that. No, it was great. And right off the bat, you know, we had the strike year '94, so it was it was really awkward. But uh, then we went into Coors Field, man. That was the magic place. You know, it was, it was where I got my opportunity to play. 
Okay, so I need to drop this little rumor that I heard. Oh, a little I like a little yeah, rumors I in the legends hear, lounge. I did Here it comes. That, Here it comes. That I had this marked. I'm a crazy notes guy. Okay. Dante Bichette saved O's life. No, 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 no. Oh, it's a, maybe the so other way around. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's a rumor. No, that's a rumor. When I see Bo, I always tell him, son, you gotta thank me because you may not have been Bored if it wasn't oh. because of me. <laughs> I, I've done so many things with this guy out of just pure I'm in debt. <laughs> <laughs> we played Winterborn together. Was, I, I think that we can, you can dumb it down a little bit, okay. but it was. Yeah, I can tell it. Yeah. Barely. Okay. We all fill in the blanks. Yes. Yes. But uh, it was actually a pretty serious situation. Um, he was, he was a, you know, this, these, these gringos that go to Winterborn. They think yeah, that no it's idea, a, right. no idea. It was your first year at Winterborn, right? It was my first and only and last. And, and last year, okay. we're, we're in La Romana playing for Cookie Rojas. And, uh, and and I guess, you know, and it's a small little area close to, it's not like Santo Domingo, which is, a, you know, the big capital. Yeah. La Romana is a small little area. you got these little bistros. In fact, San Pedro de Macorís is right next door where, you know, all these other legendary players come from. And, uh, you know, and I just happened to be driving around, and uh, you tell the rest there. I ended up, I guess I danced with the wrong girl or something. Yes, something might have I happened. I danced with the wrong girl. Sounds like a song. I don't even Sounds speak like a song. language, right? I go out with these guys, I dance with the wrong Next thing I know, at the hotel, about 1 o'clock in the morning, nobody yeah. was there. Yeah. Some guy walks up with a knife. No, yeah. no. And, 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 and we wanted to have a little talk with my boy Dante. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I, I, Again, but luckily yeah. enough, this guy's standing over there. No, I didn't know he was there. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? He's on the phone with your wife. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. No, my, my wife was about to give birth to my first child at that point in time. I mean, she was still a couple of weeks, but she was due at any moment, right? Yeah. And uh, and I'm in Santo Domingo. I mean, I'm in La Romana, and I'm talking to her on the phone, and I look, and I go, is that Dante? Is that a guy with a knife? <laughs> so I go, I got to go. And uh, I come down there and kind of uh, very much uh, intervene on the situation. Well, and, I mean, arrest this six foot five, whatever that yeah. guy walks up. And I was in good shape after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and he but talked, he was coming after you. Uh, it sure not looked he, like it. But he, all he did was have a little, that little, you know, a little salsa with the girl that he didn't know who sure, it was. Yeah. She danced with him, you know. Come on. <laughs> and you, you saw from afar guy that holding was, a knife was, was yeah at, at the hotel that yeah coming at him yeah yeah so I'm, I'm like I gotta get over there and see what let, let me see what my boy did yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly first <laughs> I talked to the guy and I go like wait get my swaggy you know what's going on because you can't do this because was my guy no okay then my chica and I go brother you know so I kind of stopped the whole thing and he's like. Bro, these guys are crazier in this town. And I go, bro, you just don't. This is not hey, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> she asked me to dance. And I, you know, I just. I, yeah, I, no. I don't speak a little language. Hey, when I was there, I spoke the language a lot better. I wish that I was stuck around me. Hey, well, I mean, and you played all those years in baseball. Just being around yeah. in the locker room, you end up, you know. But when you do go play in a country like that, you, you, and we're, you know, we were there for it's three different. months. It's oh, it's totally different. It's yeah. totally different. Everything, you know, yeah. you've got. You, you go into, we would pull into a ballpark and he probably would crack up because I was so used to it already. It was like, that was like my third year playing. And you literally pull up to the ballpark and there's somebody on the side with live chickens, you know, and you're like, I'll take that one. We'll go inside, we'll get, we'll get changed, you know, get ready, we'll hit BP. By the time we're done with BP, that bird has been plucked, prepared, <laughs> cooked, 
and they just bring it to you in the locker room, what? and you get a fresh, full chicken where you're doing it after BP, right before the game. What stands out to me was my first night there. This guy comes in with, you know, like a guy selling a hot dog. He comes in with these little, I mean, think of a shot glass and then half that. He says, hey, <laughs> the coffee. Coffee. Yeah, uh, coffee. I was like, yeah, shoot, I'll take two or three of them. <laughs> I mean, the hard, the hard, the real espresso. like no coffee. I, I was staring at the ceiling until daylight. <laughs> that's why That's why my friends, you know, if I was in coffee at 12.30 at night, American coffee, and they're like, how do you do oh, Bro, my mom was feeding me uh, cafe con leche when I was three years old, you know. What's uh, in there that we're missing? It's just, it's we're more, it's, yeah. no, it's, yeah, it's a some. more pure, uh, you know, uh, bean. I mean, so it's actually... Espresso, but even harsher than like the Italian espresso. This is the the Cuban, the the Islander espresso, Dominican Republic espresso. When you go and you drink that sucker, ball players, if they're in a little slump, they would go. They'll lean up and they'd be selling them in the stands. They'll go, oh dame un cafecito, and they would bring them one, and you do a little, you know, shot. I mean, it's just a little, a little, a little shot. Is that like that'll get I you? I lived in Miami for five years. Cuban. Coffee. It's like Cuban coffee. Yeah. It's like the Cuban espresso. Maybe once, and I was But, but they around. make it a little tighter over there at the ballpark. Sure. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, I put it that way. I think it would fall under a PED. I think I need to say that they, they, they drink sure. it. <laughs> no, no, sure. But it was working. <laughs> All those Dominicans come over ready to go, you know? No, man, but that was a fun, it was a fun uh, experience. I know for you and a lot of guys that have never been there, and, you know, guys like myself and Bam Bam Williams, Hensley, we were yeah, the. Yeah. Because we spoke perfect English, you know, because then you had the native guys that played on the team that didn't speak much English. So, yeah. you know, by the second week, he's like, I'm going to stick by this big Cuban a little bit. I, I was going to say, if you're going, you know, he out speaks there. English and he, and he can he can help me if there's, a little, if there's a little knife fight going on here. You know. So that's why every time I see Bo, I go, Bo. I'm going to start charging a little 5% of your contract when you sign that big <laughs> you, 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 you shouldn't even be here, man. Yeah. Your protection. Okay? He laughs all the time. <laughs> Tell me, uh, you know, I told you, we have this one segment that's called uh, No Way Jose. No Way Jose. So I need some crazy thing that happened in your career uh, or, or, or just an interesting No Way, you know, like something that, in fact, I mean, you and I were talking about Winfield, and, you know, I don't know if maybe that's uh, the one you want to share, but something that... You kind of go, no way that that guy said that, did that, you know, we were around that. I mean, I don't know if this is a good one. I mean, the Winfield thing was my welcome to the big leagues, I guess. It was, uh, so I'm starting in right field for the Yankees, and, I, and I'm leading it, and we're a month in, and I'm leading the league and everything. It's kind of funny. It's not really a big deal, but I'm leading, I'm leading the, the Angels. When he, when yeah, he yeah, came yeah, over yeah, the yeah, when he got traded to the Angels, and I'm playing right field. That's right. his position. And, <laughs> and, and, he, and, he, and I'm leading the team and everything. Well, they trade for Dave Winfield. And I'm listening to the radio when they did it. And they're like, well, he can't take Dante Chalk. He's leading the team and everything. Well, the next day I was on the bench. <laughs> Winfield was in right wow. field, right? And you remember, I mean, in BP, I mean, I had some big thunder, right? Dude. So I'm a couple weeks in a month in the big league, right? right. So, so I was like, all right, I'm in this group today. He's showing. Dude, I'm just showing Mark, big blood. What I'm just showing what power is in. This guy got <laughs> I've never, He's and, older. Until this point, I had not really run into somebody who could. You know, take BP like me, right? I mean, this is minor league. Right? Yeah. So I'm hitting balls where they were talking about, and nobody's been up there, and I'm hitting them up there, man. And Dave Winfield's just hitting his little line drive. Opposite right? field. Yeah, right. he's doing his professional. I'm the John Chase Bat title Hall of Famer routine, right? Right. Professional, you know? And I'm just doing my, i got no idea what I'm doing. There, but, I'm gonna, <laughs> but you can you'll see what I'm doing. 500 feet. 
<laughs> so he takes his complete round and then his last four swings, he unleashes. And I got to tell you, boys, if Dave Winfield didn't have a line drive, struggle, exactly. If he had that lob, that's it. He would have hit a thousand, a thousand home, thousand home runs. runs, bro. This guy had more power than anybody I've ever seen. Wow, him. bro. I mean, it probably they talk about Frank Howard, you know, having this, uh, you know, incredible power, but you know, that was way before us, and there's not a whole lot of video. But I got to, you know, to go to uh, to spring training four years. Finally, got up with. He kind of took me under his wing a lot. Still to this day, he checks up on me. I have never seen anybody hit the ball as hard as he does. And when he wants to, as yeah. far because the swing was shopping down, yes. he just that's the way he swung. And but if he went like this yeah. up, <laughs> when he wanted he, to, he must have wanted better hitter. Or no, I think I think he was exactly what he needed to be yeah. because that was that was his style, and he still hit over five hundred home runs. He lined four hundred and fifty of them out. Yeah, uh, four hundred feet. I mean, four sixty-five. Yeah. But yeah, four, so, uh, yeah, four sixty-five. <laughs> I pulled it out because I also, for the younger listeners, I mean, Dave Winfield was a big dude. Six, he six, was, listed he six, was, six. He was a modern. He was bigger judge, than that. He was yeah. a judge, but a way better hitter than oh, oh, the guiding title. Three sports. He got drafted by by all three. He got drafted by obviously baseball. The Padres he got drafted in the NBA. Uh, no, the uh, ABA, and he got drafted by football. By the so anyway, by anyway, so he hits these four breaks. And, and I'm sitting there, and I was choosing. Man. I was getting into us. They were like, you're looking good. And my jaw drops because I had thought I was, you know, it was all that until this dude stepped in the box, right? And my jaw dropped. I'm like, holy shoot. Right. And he walks out the cage, and he looks at me. He goes, see, Rook, I can go there when I want to, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes, sir. Yeah, hey, I freaking followed that guy around like a, like a little puppet, man, for the rest of the year. I just, everything he did, I, I was like, dude, how about this? We, I spent four hours with that guy. I don't know who was playing right field that night, but during a game under Arlington Stadium, right, just right. me and him, I don't even know who won the game. Four hours talking baseball, talking baseball to that guy, man. And that's what he I'm is, saying. He Those is one of the, 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 the most... Uh, special men of baseball because he always went out of his way for the younger players, even opposite, like a opponent young young players. He would he would he would single them out and and literally call them over uh, and, and say, "Hey, I want to talk to you because I see this." And he, a beautiful man, man. And, and I'm glad you know that the, the PA is, is using him in some facets, yeah. but but uh, he guy. needs to stay in, in baseball in some facet because yeah, I, I, when I was coming up as a young prospect. So the nickname for him was, you know, the big thing when in the 80s you'd call, you know, a, a black guy was, hey, what's up, blood? So uh, we had a lot of black guys on the team. Yeah, Willie uh, Randolph and, and Ricky Henderson and Claudio Washington. And, and uh, his, his nickname was Big Blood because he was the biggest <laughs> of the bloods. So to this day, I call him, I go, what's up, Big Blood? He was something else, man. I've got two special things in my life that I keep, and he gave me one of that that I got for my career. He gave me a VCR tape, you know, maybe a. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had it. Yeah. You know, I had it. Bo <laughs> probably didn't have it, but I'm parents are still I'm using it to this day. No, <laughs> he gave me a VCR tape that he, he he filmed in the basement of the Yankee Stadium when he was going good, and it was him talking to himself about awesome. how how he was feeling, why why he was going good. He said, "Dude, here, take this." No way. Yeah, it's like thirty minutes of him just talking about hitting to himself. Oh man, you got I gotta get that. I just want to see it. And the other one I got is even maybe. War for you. It's Ted Williams. I had breakfast with Ted Williams, and it was Ted Williams and me, like forty-five minutes to an hour conversation. Oh my gosh! And you got it. You got a tape. I've got it. Somebody 
uh, guy recorded it. Recorded it, yeah. right? Yeah, that's special. Those, those, those type of guys, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to have uh, two lunches privately with Joe DiMaggio back in the day when he was retired. You know, but when I was with the Marlins, and he took a liking to me. I mean, I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, and I, as long as he goes, you just don't ask me about Marilyn Monroe. You can ask me about anything else. <laughs> and it was like about Mickey and about Babe Ruth. It, it was unbelievable. But uh, Tony Pena, yeah. you remember Tony Pena? Oh, yeah. You remember his his his, his, uh, his, his son Tony Pena, the pitcher. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, my bat. Oh. Yes, and the greatest at bat and the greatest. Okay, I'm promoting myself. The rest is had the greatest at bat that I have ever witnessed. Notice how you brought that up. Yeah. Anybody? Funny how that. No, oh, anybody. anybody. Anyone you've ever seen. I, I Wait, are we recording still? Okay, we're gonna make sure we're recording this. Damn it! <laughs> this is this is this is important. Remember, you saved my life. Right, <laughs> right so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this, <laughs> don't you ever forget that, damn it. We're going to, like, pin this one to the top yeah. of the... Uh, he doesn't know, know that guy's my cousin, and I had it all set up in the beginning. <laughs> so, so, okay, so we're in the major Republic. We're in... We're in uh, a Santiago, Santiago. 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 So it's a city. It's a big city. It's a big yeah. game. Yeah. Okay. It goes in in the ninth inning, and the bases are loaded. We're down three. It's the ultimate, like, you can't draw this thing up like this. And, and of course, the rest is up, right? Bases loaded, down two. He works the count, and I'll, I'll rush through this. Okay, he works count, full count. Yep. Guy throws him a fastball, whack. He hits it out. Everybody's absolutely going wild. It hooks foul by a freaking foot. Yeah. Okay. And it was definitely foul. It was definitely foul. Okay. By a foot. Okay. Look good at it. Look good off the bat. Oh my God, we're, we're, coming out, we're coming yeah. out the dugout. Yeah. yeah. Go back. The next pitch, 3 2. He hits another one. Boom. We all come out the dugout. <laughs> Foul again. What are you thinking? I'm, 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 I'm thinking I may have one more. But, no. but wait. Okay. Like Ronald Peel. But wait. There's more. <laughs> and was it three or four? Three, dude. Three. three. Foul. Three. He hit, yes. He hits the next one. And I'm telling you, we come out the dugout and it's foul. It's like the, it's like the three freaking identical swings. Yes, brother. The fourth it's one. It's the craziest thing. Is fair, fair. Wow. It was the wildest about him right moment. <laughs> yes. So this dude basically gave up four grand slides. Yeah, basically. <laughs> he was trying. He was trying. He was trying to, yeah. uh, you know. After like the he second couldn't one. Walk him, right? He right. couldn't walk him, right? He couldn't walk him. Yeah, nowhere to go. And were they different pitches? Like, what's going on here? Uh, I mean, they, he, he, this, this is Tony Pena's son, who was, who was yeah. pitching briefly in the big leagues, but he was a sinker slider guy, so he was just sinking me, slidering me. So, you know, so they're all low, right in my little wheelhouse. But what are the chances that you're going to do it once, twice, three times? Like I've done it twice. And then hit, a, then hit a home run. You know what I mean? It was crazy. It was crazy. Can you imagine the emotion in the moment? But then by the fourth one, are you all out of steam? Yeah, and then the they you're like, oh, the one got more, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know this what I'm is saying? It. By the fourth one, you're like, oh no, there's no way. This can't <laughs> yeah, but they, yeah. The, my teammates were pissed by then. They wanted to eat, they wanted to get out of the game. <laughs> this is winter ball, Mike. You know, they're like, come on. I want to go dance with this girl at some club. Dude. Oh, yeah. there he is. I I know, know, day, day. Not day. Yeah, this is great, man. I tell you, thank you for coming out. And I'll, and I'll tell you this. Uh, I I love watching your boy play. I mean, I can't say he is such an, a throwback of, of, a, of an aggressive player and, and not the swing and miss type of guy. 
And and uh, he's and, a modern throwback. He's That's a, what he's I a, like you know what he's a modern there, throwback. There's, there's the swag of the modern player. Yes. Right. The old, right. old style kind of right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Both yeah. styling. Still spitting pitches and doing all that, <laughs> yeah. but then also making contact. Yeah. Like it's, and he's it's got the bleed too. Where, yeah. you know, Dante it's can working. steal a few bases, but uh, not not like this kid. So and get ready um, for be the proud, uh, man. And uh, the hair commercials. Yeah, he, he's got wonderful hair. Yeah. Nothing you can do about that. Beyond Dante it. does it, but uh, he does. Yes. Yeah. yeah I love you, brother. You're, you're, you're a special man. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. Man. You know Anytime. It, you know Great to have you. <laughs>
walk-off bomb in the 14th inning. And if it was a laser to left center, it put the Rockies on top, gives them their first ever win at Coors Field. And it really helped launch the Blake Street Bombers revolution. Like I remember having a baseball card with all the names on there. And that was, we're in the Legends Lands. That was an even more exclusive club. Invite only. You need to have absolute pipes for arms. You need to be able to lift buildings. It was Dante Bichette, Vinny Castillo. Vinny. It was Andres Galarraga. It was Larry Walker. Larry Walker. Uh, that was uh, Burks. Burke. My God. They were, we're they were nightmares the for pitching staffs. I mean, what? it was tough as it is, and we were just learning what like all of the environment of Coors Field was all about in terms of how it affects the baseball. And uh, on top of that, you had just absolute studs at the plate. So some of the offensive numbers that you saw in those years were were off the charts from those guys. So and you know what? And that that place was innovative, and baseball needed it. You know why? Because we came, and I'm almost like embarrassed to be a part of that era. Uh, uh, we came off of not only a 200 and something day uh, uh, strike, buddy. The only ever time in the history of beloved history of baseball that there was no World Series. So it was it was a real you know uh, black eye for baseball. And then the likes of the Blake Street Bombers and Coors Field, obviously Ripken's uh, you know game deal later on. Uh, you know, became uh, the the band-aids, if you will, for that 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 ugly situation in '94. And McGuire and Sosa and that whole deal. Yeah, and later hey, on, let's yeah, be real, like there was a steroid era that was going on during that time period too. That really just did help vault the. It hadn't really it hadn't really come out then. It hadn't really come out then. Oh, we're right, still, right. If we're '95. Right. We're, we're, we're kind of like we're still you know, we're still like turning our heads on that deal. Come on now, gotta be. True. Well, Not let me take like you even further back. <laughs> That's right. 98 was sick. As a kid watching that, I mean, I was what? glued to the back TV for all forth. those APs. It was insane. Well, let me give you one more here for this week in baseball. 1986, Roger Clements introduced himself to the baseball world in terms of a 20-strikeout game uh, against the Seattle Mariners. A little chilly night. I'm looking up the temps there at Fenway Park. And it was something that had not been accomplished in the 111 seasons of Major League Baseball up to that point. And he absolutely dominated. And that really lasted the whole season there. Eventually culminates in the Cy Young Award, American League MVP, and a Red Sox State in the Fall Classic. Uh, yeah, Roger Clemens was was <laughs> off the charts particular in the mid that particular year in '86, I faced them uh, in spring training because I, I was, I was, you know, I ended up being AAA and, and having a pretty solid year myself that year. But I remember facing them in spring training and walking away and going, "That's ridiculous." I mean, this guy is '97, knows where he wants to put it, and in the fastball split combination was you couldn't differentiate it. And yeah, he was overwhelming at that point in time. What you were facing was kind of like ahead of its time, right? Because you were facing what what guys see nowadays, but what guys are adjusted to eye-wise. But then, like, back then. That's a great point, by the way. That's not all happening back then. It was not happening. There was a handful of guys, while now everybody throws 98 and has some nasty, you know, uh, cutter, splitter, you know-esque type pitch. When back then, it was more the the, the change-up, loopy curveball, sinker, you know what I mean? And then a handful of guys that, that, you know, that brought that type of, uh, you know, fastball slider type and, and, and splitter. And he uh, was the elite. It was like the Terminator coming from the future to. And all. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Alien. Yeah, he was a freak. 
We've had more of a modern spin, I would say, to this app, you know, talking about Boba Shett and even Dante for me. It's not like you're going too far back. Like his glory days were in the 90s. So I'm going to keep it somewhat current here with a player who who played in a similar time period a little bit later. Right. Like his best years were in the somewhere in the 2000s, early 2000s. Um, Eric Burns, my boy, one of my good friends, yeah. I worked with him at, at MLB Network for a while. And he's gone on to all kinds of other pastures, but he, outfielder A's, Rockies, Orioles, Diamondbacks. Mariners retired in 2010, and I mean, you should look up all of his accomplishments. But what's surprisingly most is, good, yeah, uh, not surprisingly. Yeah. I mean, like you know, like sneaky. I meant not surprisingly, sneaky, good, great. sneaky, but then also, great. I mean, he can run for days. And I'm yeah. not saying that like as a hypothetical. I mean, triathlete, ultra marathoner, yeah, and, the, and and he's just the kind of guy that nothing surprises you. So it's like now manager of Savannah Bananas, you know the the indie minor league team, whatever it is. I mean, he, and he's, he's an absolute blast to hang out with. He is entertainment city. And another That's example what I remember. of, <laughs> Hey, he was, he follow, was like a follow your dreams, wherever they lead you oh, after the game. And for Burnsy, that changes often and that's fine. And, and he is just a fun guy to follow. So if you want to see more of his story, then you can find him. He's very active on social too. You see, you've been around him way more than I have. I mean, I've been around him, you know, a little bit. But what I remember is that he comes across like a left-handed, right-handed guy. Because <laughs> yes. he's a little kind of zany, you know. But what oh, a He player. is the definition of zany. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'll Good give guy. you this in our, in our final seconds of the lounge. This is a guy who I've spent some late nights with, hitting the streets, Hello. hitting the town. Yes. And I can tell you, I mean, you, you'll go out until the wee hours of the morning. And then while I'm snoozing and, and just catching a few hours and then, you know, getting to a show or whatever I've got work-wise, Burnsy already ran like 20 miles, you know, down on the pathway of the Hudson River in New York City. I mean, this guy is a nonstop energizer bunny. And it, and that's why, of course, he's a triathlete and ultra marathoner. But, I mean, a but you know what? story and it never stops. He just never you stops. You know what? But you were at some like really late, late, late lounges. The Legends Lounge, I think right now, Maybe it might be closing a little earlier. Yeah, a little earlier, right? It, it, when we have Burnsy on, we're going to have to keep it open super late. <laughs> Later? It's going to have to be a 24-7 lounge oh for that time. God. He's definitely going to be a guest in the future. I will get promise my sleep, you that. Bud. I'll get my sleep. <laughs> so with that, we're turning off the lights. But big episode coming up next week. We'll see you soon. The Legends Lounge Podcast is brought to you by Major League Alumni Marketing. Hit us with questions or comments at legendslounge at mlbpaa.com. Check out our memorabilia at mlamauthentics.com. Later, Legends. Legends.